Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Fit Talks, the podcast where we talk about mental health um, among athletes and how mindfulness in athletes and fitness enthusiasts can help them live more holistically fit lives, um, enhance their mental and physical performance, and help them live overall more purposeful lives while moving their body and doing what they love to do. And today I have a special guest, Samara, and um, it's really cool because Samara and I actually went to meditation teacher training together and now I'm bringing her on my podcast. It's really cool because she has her own platform where she talks about um, meditation and mindfulness and yoga and how she uses those things um, in her own life and how she uses those to teach other people um, the importance of mindfulness practices as well. Samara, tell me a little bit about how you got into mindfulness. Yeah, that's a beautiful question, Lauren. Thank you. Um, I first started understanding what mindfulness is when I was feeling very burned out. I was working in corporate two years ago and I was emotionally, physically, mentally overwhelmed and I was just upset all the time. I was emotionally reactive. I felt very lethargic. And then my friend saw that I wasn't like my usual self and she invited me to come on a retreat to Bali with her um, in a yoga space. And I was like, okay, I've never really done yoga before, but I'll give it a try because it's not sick Bali, right? <laughs> so during that time, that was my first um, yoga and meditation class ever. And the first sitting meditation class that I did, I just cried, I think, from the first minute until the end of the class. It's because, yeah, I, I never really observe my own thoughts and how self-destructive it was and I didn't know it at the time but that was my first real mindfulness practice because I started to be in tune with how I was feeling and thinking when all this time I was really living on autopilot for 23 years (laughs) so that was my first encounter and since then it has changed my perspective because once you understand what mindfulness is, you've experienced it, you know how it works. The whole world is just opened up very differently. Mundane stuff is very different. So I dedicated more of my time and my energy to learning and sharing more about it and happy to be uh, on your podcast today to talk about it with you. Yes, it was so cool. Thank you. Thank you again for agreeing to come on and talk about mindfulness I, f- I just feel like it's such an important thing and so after that experience I guess you know you could skip a couple parts in between there where in between the having that experience for yourself and then wanting to share that experience to teach it to other people when was kind of the moment where you knew that you wanted to share that and how did you begin to cultivate that your um your own practice yeah so after that part when I went to like a week retreat I started meditating quite regularly so I didn't really have the time in the morning so I started listening to an app called inside timer meditation app on the way to work and going back to work 
uh, from work. And from there, it started building up. And I realized that meditation really, really helped anyone, like everyone, especially people who are busy, like what I was doing. I was working like from 7 a.m. to sometimes 2 a.m. in the evening, like in the midnight, right? So I started finding more time the more I practiced mindfulness because I was less multitasking, less distracted, more in the moment when I'm doing stuff. And then starting to feel other benefits and I was like curious like why is this happening like how did this change my way of being so I got inspired and I went um, to do a master's in Amsterdam taking neuroeconomics so it's a combination between neuroscience psychology and economics and for my master's uh, thesis I studied how mindfulness meditation affects our emotion and like in the social economic decision making but basically what i figured out is that just by nine minutes of breathing and or at least just focusing on your breath it regulates certain emotions and i was like oh okay that's that's how it's one of the way how it might work and um i recorded an audio of me meditating using a script and i i never really said out loud like a med guided meditation before that and people said like you have a soothing voice and i was like really <laughs> i was like okay and like and like, yeah it really worked and then i just uploaded that one audio that i used for my thesis on a podcast and it picked up and i was like oh, okay then this is really helping people and i i didn't know i could do it so from that experience of personal experience knowing that it worked for me as someone who was very busy and then I dedicated a year to study mindfulness in, in the brain and then also seeing how simple just saying a few sentences even though I didn't really know how it worked because it was prior to our training it helped people in a way that I didn't know it could so from there it was a positive ripple effect until the, our meditation training together and where I am right now. I'm very, very blessed and lucky. The journey. Definitely. That is so cool to hear that it started when you studied neuroscience and you had a project that you did with your thesis, right? Project. And it just started from there. Like you didn't, it, it was unintentional. That is amazing because that's actually how a lot of the greatest things happen. It was kind of unintentional, but the way that the things that guide us in life, you know, the things that are bigger than us, right? The way that they guide us in life, it's like, okay, we as our human ego mind don't mean to, we, we don't have any rationalization for what we're doing often, but like, <laughs> it's just guided in that way to inspire other people when we didn't even think anything of it at first. And um, that school uh, that you went into studying neuroscience, because one of my next questions was um, fitness and tied into meditation, because I also know that mindfulness and meditation is to the brain as exercise is to the body. And so I think with the movement and, you know, mindfulness is like the movement of the brain, right? <laughs> so how do you 
perceive that it neurologically impacts the brain. Um, and I know like my platform is specifically for athletes. So especially from an, a perspective of movement in general, cause, um, you practice yoga as well. I practice yoga every single day. I love it. Changed my life. <laughs> how, how does that connect for you, your perspective? So if we're talking about movement, it's a no, so let's, um, kind of talk about what mindfulness is for a second, right? Mindfulness is being aware in the present moment on purpose with intention. You're not judging what you're experiencing, but you're experiencing as it is. So when, for example, we are doing any type of exercises, let's take yoga, we are connecting our awareness and attention with how our body feels and how our breath feels and we're syncing it with our movements for example like a vinyasa practice where you're moving with your breath and in that sense when you're aware with how you're moving how you're breathing it brings the busy mind into the present moment and that's how i like to view mindfulness because we as human beings we will have thoughts all the time it's called our default mode network right when we're resting we either think about the past, the future, our judgment of ourselves or others. These are the only four things that we usually think about. Um, but when we're too much in that space, that creates stress mentally, emotionally, or even physically, right? Um, but when you're aware that, oh, I'm distracted right now, even when you're doing your yoga practice or any other type of exercises, and then I bring that awareness back to what I'm supposed to be doing, which is like the guided instructions or how, you know, the next movements are, you bring that presence, that space that actually strengths your, strengthens your um, neurons, like your neuroplasticity for your attention regulation. Because mindfulness, they affect the way you pay attention, the way you regulate your emotions and self-awareness among the few of research that's um, seen by neurobiologically, uh, you know, the tests with the fMRIs, the functional magnetic resonance imaging, where you put people under the, the big machine and then you see what's going on. Um, you pay more attention with what is, is going on right now. So that increases the prefrontal cortex capacity in the present moment, because when your mind is wandering, you're not really paying attention. But when you pay attention that your mind is wandering, and bring it back to your movement, to your breath, that regulates your attention. And that's like a top-down perspective. You regulate from your mind. But another way that it helps, it really helps make you feel more peaceful or less reactive. And that's because it's a bottom-up perspective. It changes your um, how your body feels and how you perceive things. And our amygdala, which is our threat processing, fear processing system, this like almond shape behind our ear, um, that also gets down-regulated when you are, down-regulates like reducing, when you are paying attention to your breath and bodily movement mindfully. So I feel like that's so interesting because it works very holistically, also from our body and also from our brain. And the more you practice it, the more it grows and the bigger capacity it is that you are in the present moment and not stress all over in your mind, you know? So I find that very, very fascinating and very helpful for athletes and the everyday person as well. 
to just pay attention to what you're doing at the present moment. Yeah. Yes. I love to look at the science behind what actually is happening in the brain, because even though sometimes if we haven't studied the parts of the brain, like the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala, the center, the cerebellum, all the, you know what I'm saying? And their function, the hypothalamus, right? Um, we can still use practical terms or analogies to explain how important directing our awareness is to a focal point. And like you said, it strengthens our capacity to be in the present moment. And the thing you said about either we're in the future or we're in the past, our mind, our mind is either in the future or in the past or judging. And I like to think of it as thinking about the future all that does is cause anxiety and thinking about the past that can often trigger depression because you're dwelling in bringing the past kind of into where you are now, which is only the present. And the present moment is the only thing that is real and true and promise. So it's kind of like when we're focusing on the future, the future doesn't even exist yet. We're, we're being aware of something that is in our imagination, but because of also the science of the imagination and the power of the mind, your imagination, if you imagine it over and over, it might as well be what is really happening because, um, the fear of the future triggered by the imagination makes us think that that is real. But yeah, it's not. We can, it's like, yeah, we can't yeah. also distinct that. That's crazy, right? Yeah, you bring right. a pretty good point. Right. So our mind often can't distinguish between, okay, what is present and what is future because of the power of the imagination. So the imagination brings into fruition what it repeats over and over again. And that's basically what manifestation is. That's like, like, that's literally why manifestation is so powerful because we have the power to speak and to think things into existence. And if we allow our fears to be the center of our awareness, we can end up manifesting those fears into the future, even though they haven't happened yet, but they might if we keep thinking about them. So, Again, coming back to the present moment is what we want to do ideally every single day. And that's what mindfulness allows us to do. And, um, with, you know, redirecting our awareness or redirecting our focus, I love how our meditation teacher, Charlie, in the training described it as doing pull-ups. So, you know, this is a really good for athletes and people who work out because, you know, imagine you're in the gym, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, my biceps are burnt. I can't do nothing. I can't do no more reps. And you don't think you can do more reps, right? But then you just bust out and do one more rep, right? And every time you add on another rep, that is making your muscles one more notch uh, stronger. When you're being mindful and you are aware that your mind has drifted off 
into thought, such as drifted off into thought about the fear, I'm, I'm sorry, thought about the future or thought about the past. All you do is notice and be aware that your mind has drifted and then you simply redirect it. And that redirection to the present moment is like doing one more rep of pull-ups or push-ups because it strengthens the mind. And so that, that's why I love to say like mindfulness is to the brain what exercises to the body. It's so amazing. And so Samara, if you were to, dis- uh, if you were to define mindfulness, what would you say the definition of it is? It's being in the here and now without judging what it should be instead of accepting it as it is. So it's not much of um, being complacent, like, okay, I'm very passive in my life and I'll just take everything as it go. It's, it's a, it's more of a contentment and surrendering point of view of like, oh yeah, this is what's happening right now. I'm flowing with life. And I, like what you said earlier, there's just, we can't rationalize what's happening right now, but there is something bigger than us, greater than us that is guiding us. And I'm sure it's, uh, something divine. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? How, what, what is mindfulness to you? I'm curious. If I could define mindfulness, it is simply awareness. So simply being aware of the small things makes a huge difference. I think so many times we can get caught up in this thing, and I often get caught up in it, of trying to make myself more calm or make myself relax. Maybe that's not, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but I focus on relaxing without realizing that the source of relaxation is first being aware of your current state right now. Because once I started integrating mindfulness, I started simply being aware of the tension that I often hold in my body and in my face. So, you know, in the beginning of meditations, we might say, okay, land here in the present moment. When we're guiding a meditation, we'll say, land here in the present moment. Okay, and first, relax the face, relax the jaw, relax the shoulders. And then the person who we're guiding, they may have their shoulders tense, their, you know, some tension in the cheekbones. But as soon as your mind becomes open to relaxation, you now are more aware that, oh, I was, I was holding a little tension in my shoulders. I was holding a little tension in my face. And you just allow yourself to relax it. And then once you practice this mindfulness every day where you do a routine and you check the tension in your face and your body, You start to notice that tension more often. And as soon as you notice it, as soon as you become aware of it, then you can relax. But I feel like sometimes when I was saying I try to relax without being aware. Well, I guess that contradicts each other because you have to be aware in order to relax. (laughs) Um, 
But I think mindfulness is simply awareness. And we can be aware of a lot of things in order to bring mindfulness into our everyday life. I feel like simply being aware of your feet hitting the ground when you walk can be a form of meditation. Simply being aware, be more aware of what your food actually tastes like when you're chewing it. There's so many ways you can meditate while doing things. So kind of want to bring it back now to um, to actually close it out with this last question. For someone who is physically active, how does mindfulness especially benefit them in terms of noticing sensations in the body more and how it helps you perform to your better ability? All right. That's a very, very good question. So um, in my personal experience, when I'm physically active or mentally active, um, sometimes we don't realize the tensions, as you already mentioned before. Like maybe I have been overworking because I feel like I have a lot of energy and I'm working out more than my usual capacity. And um, I feel like, oh, the next day I'm going to be sore. And it's sometimes it's like a good kind of so, right? But still, it's it's something that you don't want to injure yourself over because sometimes you you can have that if your ego or at least mine goes like I can do this um, high <laughs> like stronger weight right now because I feel like I can do it, and then you're like, oops, no, I can't. <laughs> that's a, that's an ego thing. <laughs> yeah. So when we bring our awareness to our body, one is we know more of our capacity, how much we are pushing ourselves. Are we pushing ourselves too much or just enough? Um, we get to feel how we rest. Oh, before we rest, it's also when I exercise and do my weights, I like to pay attention with where the muscle works. I would want to know how this is from a sports psychology or from your understanding when we're like paying more attention to the muscle that we're working on. Let's say we're doing bicep curls. And then you're paying attention to the bicep and then it feels like there's that mind body connection that you're actually stronger or you're building more muscle. I don't know if that's right, but that's like my essence with how I feel with it rather than just like mindlessly not paying attention to the, to the bicep muscle while we're doing that bicep curls. I feel like it's different. And the last one is resting because sometimes we discount rest so much like in a hustle culture right now. And when everyone's, like in competition or like sharing their highlight reels of their life on social media. You forget that rest is so, so important to be physically active. You need that rest and recharge moment. And the only person who knows how much rest you need is yourself. And to be honest with yourself, you know, because a lot of people have different capacities. And um, I have been struggling with this for a while because I feel like I need to work all the time and from the moment I wake up to the moment before I sleep but you know but that's like a highway to burnout and it's just like why I, I can prioritize my rest I can prioritize how my body is feeling what type of relaxation that I need is it an active rest is it a passive rest right like because active rest is like yoga for example or passive rest is just maybe taking a power nap and then I'll feel more recharged. So it's asking ourselves first, what does my body feel right now? 
And second, what does it need? And third, how can I give it what it needs? It's just as simple as that. It's just that moment to moment awareness of checking in with what we feel, but also feeling compassionate enough for ourselves to actually give it what it needs um, in order to, you know, stay healthy optimally. So I think that's, yeah, general. But I'm curious, can you share a little bit about um, the mind-body connection with the, uh, when you're like doing reps or, or stuff like that? So for me, when, when I started doing yoga and in- integrating that into my physically fit journey, uh, journey, <laughs> that's what actually helped me be more mindful. One thing that helped me the most actually was not forcing my movement. And I think that's what a lot of people do that work out. Like when I see people in the gym, they're gym heads. They be like, oh, they, they begin in the reps. Like they, it's just like, now that I see that there's a certain level of effort that you should put on your body. I mean, you should push your body like to the limits that you want it to go. Right. But there's a certain level of force that we sometimes put on our body when we're especially weightlifting that I feel like does not need to be there. And mindfulness allowed me to bring a sense of ease. That's that's really how I build up my mind-body connection. In terms of actually feeling when I'm getting stronger, I think that comes with rest as well. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and then when I uh, practice a new skill like... um I don't know, going, um, lifting the weights up when I, you know, squat or something like that. And I'm starting to feel less and less sore when I wake up in the morning. That's how I know that I'm making progress. Um, and when I feel just listen to my body, what does my body feel like? Is my body too tired? Is it too, too relaxed? Is it time to, put a little bit more effort into what I'm doing and just listening to your body, I feel like. Um, but that was a great question. I, I I feel like you can get so many different answers depending on who you ask and also what sport they play, uh, what what they do to, to maintain their physical um, physical active journey. It's just so many, so many different types of things. Um, our bodies are like machines, really. I love it. I, I really do. We got to take care of our body. Yeah. It's like putting oil in a machine. Um, the way that we feed our body is like, what type of gas do you put in your car? You don't want to have like a, what's a, ni- what's a really nice car? You don't want to have like a, a, a charger or something like that. And then putting premium gas in it you want to put the the highest grade is premium the highest i I forgot i i really forgot i but you don't want to put the lowest grade in a range rover because because you your car will be broken right so it's like what are we feeding our body are we feeding it high quality things not just foods but like the energy that we allow our mind to intake yeah that's a big question yeah, that's a question for all of us to self-reflect after this podcast episode, I feel like, yeah. 
So everybody watching, I mean, everybody listening, <laughs> everybody listening, you know, if you don't take anything else from that, reflect on that. What are you putting in your body to fuel it? What are you putting in your Range Rover? <laughs> so yeah, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. This was a great talk about mindfulness and what it means to be mindful. What is mindfulness? And maybe um also, maybe after the listening to this, what is mindfulness to you and how can you integrate that into your everyday life? Is it just something small, like noticing the sensations in your body more during the day? Or is it something large, larger, like starting your own meditation practice or meditating by yourself or going on apps such as Insight Timer or on YouTube or on Spotify and finding somebody or getting an accountability partner to meditate with? What does that look like to you? Really reflect on that. And thank you, Tamara, so much for coming on this podcast and talking. And go ahead and drop your, you know, shout shout out your social medias and your website and everything. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having me. It's really such a great pleasure talking to you. So insightful. So if anyone is interested in having me talk to you with any of your needs in terms of mindfulness, meditation, yoga. I also do some corporate wellness and human design readings. My Instagram is at, at Samara Farhana. So that's T-S-A-M-A-R-A-F-A-H-R-A-N-A. Uh, and my website is also just my full name, uh, samarafarhana.com. My YouTube is also Samara Farhana and I have a podcast as well on Spotify called Meditate with Samara. So that's all my details. Thank you so much. I hope it's um, useful and it sparks a little bit of inspiration to improve your mindfulness journey. Yeah, I'll drop all of that in the in the description box of this podcast below. If you did not catch that, I'll have all, all of Samara's information down there. And thank you so much again for just coming on here and giving your insights and this conversation was just really good and wholesome educational it's so good to have at the same time feeding into somebody and then having them feed into you you always learn something new does it doesn't matter um, what it is but thank you so much Samara and Thank you to everybody watching for, I'm sorry, I keep saying watching. Thank you for everybody listening to this podcast. This has been episode three. Tune in next Wednesday for episode four. Bye, everybody.